The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism and adult subject matter topics will be discussed using adult language sometimes gratuitously get ready to move the conversation forward this ain't your granddad's news and comment show this is i doubt it podcast with Brittany page and jesse dollamore All right, everybody, welcome to the show, episode 769 of I Doubt It Podcast. I am your host, Jesse Dollimore, joined today by the lovely, the talented, and the rare to go, Brittany Page. Well, we got all of our shit sorted out, which is a good <laughs> feeling. And we think we got it all. Yes. Well, no, we for sure have missing items. That is absolutely the case. And... We so far only know of like one plate that is missing, right? That's the only thing that we know is missing. Yeah, but if we're missing a plate, it's within a box, the contents of which, and maybe it just means we have so much shit that we can't recognize, oh, there's other things we're missing. Well, I didn't really unpack the kitchen. All the utensils are like in bags just thrown in a drawer because I couldn't take it anymore. It's been... It has been... It, it's just a trauma. It, it's been very trying. <laughs> it has been very difficult. It feels like a whirlwind the past few weeks. Also, yeah, yeah, you yeah. hear the sirens in the background. Quiet, listen. Oh. One of the uh, latest... Maybe the sirens will be a co-host of the show. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, it is different. Our setting is different. Well, we're pointing out the sirens because that's going to be happening on the show. A lot. And you may just hear it in the background from time to time. So good that it happens now. Well, I did my first video from the what's going to be my studio, kind yeah. of makeshift. It looked good, I think, but it's it's not what the studio is going to be. Yeah. And I had prepared my in my mind, if a siren happens, don't try to... Don't retake, don't, because it's going to happen so often. Just roll with it. Yeah. But I figured it might be like my second day or my third day. Mm-hmm. No. Very <laughs> first video, sirens ripping through. So Just like right now. What have we been talking for three minutes? And No, not even three minutes. The sirens already happened? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's good. Yeah. Good I, to get yeah, that for out. Sure. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> so we're we're all sorted out. We are still very unhappy with the way things went with the moving company, but we're just happy to be through it. We're happy that most of our belongings made it almost everything, and there's few things that were damaged. There were obviously some things that were damaged. Well, two but TVs are just toast. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's unfortunate. There was a frame that was broken. Some things definitely got scratched, including the walls when the movers took things uh, upstairs. <laughs> but we're happy that we're through it. And we know because some people wrote us <laughs> and said, hey, guys, there are a lot of people that have it worse than you. 
Yeah, and that was a weird. We never acted like, oh, woe is us. We have it worse than anybody. And we didn't. When well, would we ever put that out there in the universe? We were absolutely grateful that we're. We've said this a million times, dozens of times, that we're so grateful to be in a position to be able to move and have the money to pay movers. I mean, it's. It's nonsense that someone would put that on us. Yeah. So we're happy about it. I when we were leaving California, we didn't even really have a chance to talk about like the road trip and how we kind of wrapped things up in California. But it was very stressful even just tying up loose ends there to get on the road to come here. I remember I was taking my licensing exam. Yeah, we haven't even talked about that. Right before we moved. And I, I was supposed to take it like maybe two months before that or a month and a half, but I kept pushing the date out because I was so terrified and filled with anxiety yeah, yeah, yeah. about whether I would pass it. And I kept telling myself, okay, if you fail, you can take it again. You're just going to have to like fly back from Washington, D.C., for the purpose of retaking this exam that you failed. But no big deal, right? You can do that if you fail. No big deal. But it was a four-hour exam, 170 questions, 170 questions that you have 240 minutes to do. It was pretty intense. But yeah, I passed. And it was an amazing feeling, the culmination of many years of work. And there is reciprocity with D.C. and other states in, in the country. So I plan to get my license here and see what happens. Once you're physically in possession of said license. Well, it was mailed to me. We'll see if it gets here. <laughs> Since things are having trouble getting here. <laughs> Let me be the first to say mm -hmm. on air. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you very it much. It is a big deal. Mm -hmm. I mean, it is, you worked for all of your undergrad and all of your grad school toward becoming a licensed marriage and family therapist, mm -hmm. and now you are that. Yeah. Yeah. No one can take that away, Brittany, unless you break the law or get a DUI or fuck a client. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> um, <laughs> thankfully, I have control over all of those that things. That is right. And that will not be happening. But you would be surprised. You would be surprised. I, you meaning the audience, because I'm no longer surprised. Oh, are you not? Well... So actually, yeah, still I am. Yeah, it's pretty surprising. Even I'm surprised. Brittany is a member of whatever the California board of blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And in the... Camped. Camp. What is it? California... California Association, Association of Marriage, Marriage and Family, and family Therapists. Therapists. Wow, we did that together. Uh, I think that's what it and is. And in the back of the magazine every month or every quarter, mm -hmm. it's like a list of people who got their licenses taken away. Which is controversial, by the way, that they publish that. It's, it's controversial not, within the I field. I mean, it shouldn't be. It's public information. It's a public license. If you do something that bad to have it taken away, the public has a right to know. Mm -hmm. The public issues the license. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. You're right. The public got together and they designed the test and gave it to me. I don't know if you know, <laughs> Brittany, but we the people. <laughs> that's right. So anyway, in the back of the magazine, they, in great detail, mm -hmm. go through the reasons why people have their licenses taken away. Correct. And some of them are sorted tales of impropriety. Yes, but let's also say that there are many, <laughs> many more therapists who are not featured in the back of the of magazine. Of course. We're just playing off of what I said about you 
they can't take that away from you. Yeah. No, and I, I do. I like that feeling. It's always been a good feeling when I get my degrees as well. For for all of my parents' mistakes, and as we all know, there have been many, it's the one thing that my mom always drove home with us, is that if we were to get our education, it would be something that no one could take from us. So and you are- only one of you did. So. You are reiterating, well- that again is there's unique difficulties for everybody. I don't want to get into that All with right. you All on right. this situation that we have here. <laughs> uh, so don't be a dick right off the bat. We're not even ten minutes in. Anyway, that's is he is he fucking listening to himself yeah, right now? Okay, so, so related to the move, unless you have something, I've got two voicemails that are tangentially related. Yes, to well, the move. I was just gonna say, left California, had a road trip that we disagreed about <laughs> what the vibe was going to be for the drive across the country. I thought it was going to be more, you know, stop and get some treats yeah, here and listen, there and I, have I, a good time. Since you brought and it you up. And you were man on a mission. Listen, since you brought it up, we can talk about it. <laughs> it wasn't that we disagreed. Yeah. It's that you didn't know how the trip was going to go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sure. And whose fault was that? You should have known. Okay. So what happened? I figured it out in Flagstaff. You figured it out in Flagstaff, <laughs> yeah. We pull in, and Brittany is a, she's hours ahead of time, <laughs> Googling, or not Googling, she's on Yelp looking for- The best food cities. Yeah, the best places to grab a sandwich and grab a good sandwich. You know what? We want to be stuck with fucking Jersey Mike's or some bullshit. Quiznos. Quiznos. That's what you always Wait, say. Wait, are there Quiznos? I have no idea. I don't eat at those places. Okay. I'm too. I'm a fancy man. All right. So anyway, Brittany sends us not far off of the interstate, but far enough that we end up in a fucking traffic jam while it's just <laughs> snowing and there's sleet and slosh all over the ground. And I'm in flip flop still because it's the first day of the trip. The drama. Yeah. Anyway, so... <laughs> Brittany learned very quickly that this was a trip of, we're likely going to be eating a lot of, uh, uh, what, what's the Mc, the McBiscuit? What is it? Uh, the sausage egg McMuffin. The McMuffin. The sausage egg McMuffin. Yeah. Well. That lasted about one day with you and then you were done. Yeah. I can't do that. It makes me grossed out. I can't do it. Poopy. No, I feel bad after I eat it. I don't feel good. Mm. It It's not something that re-energizes me i don't feel full i don't feel it doesn't it's bad yeah it's a bad situation but, but it's okay but we disagree on you that you love trips. mcdonald's you it's your mind. favorite restaurant oh, that you've ever Are eaten you in. kidding me you you're one of your goals is to eat in every mcdonald's in the country and so i'm glad that we helped you there are not enough days <laughs> in the rest of my life eating three meals a day to, to eat in every McDonald's in the country. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, you're this trying to come as close as possible. This is an egregious, <laughs> an egregious attack on my character, Brittany Page. Yeah, well, and I'm not trying to be an elitist and, you know, like Quiznos is not good enough for you, but... What was it? Mmm, crunchy or something. Toasty. Oh, oh it, was yeah, toasty, it was toasty, toasty. Mm mmm, toasty. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so we figured that out and it was actually a good trip. We obviously got here safely and... You know, we're still unpacking. It's the 17th now. 
and the studio is mostly set up. We're going to try to get it all set up to start doing the video recordings for YouTube of the show as well. That's going to take a little bit more time because we have a separate podcast studio from the YouTube studio now. So we're still trying to get things set up, but we appreciate everyone being supportive, being patient, and helping us out. Yes. Absolutely. So let's get to a couple of these voicemails. Before we do, we want to drop the number. We would encourage you to call, get your voice, get your opinion, get your perspective on the record in the spirit of moving the conversation forward. 657-464-7609. Of course, you can email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. Hey there, Jesse. Hey there, Brittany. I'm sort of in the echo chamber myself. <laughs> as it would seem, um, looking at all my little fish swimming around in the tank and hanging with my tripod cat trip. But anyhow, uh, it's my first time calling in to you guys, and oh, I caught up on your last uh, podcast, <laughs> which was not a show, but a show, but mm-hmm. not a show, yep. something like that. Mm-hmm. And um, I laughed for a, a good majority of it. Uh, but was also, uh, sorry to hear that things were going, uh, the way that they were going. And, uh, I really, uh, hope that by now, uh, that the time that I'm leaving this voicemail to you guys that, uh, you have received all of your things. I'm hopeful that you have received all of your things. Cause that would be awesome. Cause I love, listening to you guys i love watching you guys uh you guys definitely do it for me uh as far as being very informative uh and i love the commentary as well um and i'm really happy to see that you guys are in dc now because uh, i know you are going to do lots of great things um and as far as the rats go be sure you uh don't forget to uh count the rats in Congress. Mm. Just FYI. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, guys, I love you guys. Y'all are both my favorite part of your show. Anyhow, take care. Love y'all. Bye. All right. Unnamed caller. Oh. Well, that was a very, very kind voicemail. Anonymous mm-hmm. caller. Mm-hmm. He said that uh, he's in an echo chamber too. Yeah. Which I don't think I'm in an echo chamber. <laughs> I, I thought about this. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, if, the whole entire call was consumed with me thinking about that particular thing. I'm somebody who puts my f- phone number on the internet. We are people who put our phone number on the internet. We're, uh, we are not in an echo chamber. We hear dissent. Mm-hmm. We welcome it, in mm-hmm. fact. Yeah, well, I was recently, someone tried to add me to their Facebook group about something. I'll be kind of vague about it because I don't want them to be listening. And then, uh, but they're also like a COVID skeptic. They've posted things on their page and um, indicate that they have very misguided views about COVID. And, so I I definitely have people that I still see their posts that feel like they want to have me join their group. Uh, 
that are COVID skeptics. And I thought about today, I have a lot of Trump supporters who watch my stories on Instagram. And I was wondering, like, when when you have a green circle, it means that the person has put you on like a close friend list to look at their story. You know, that's a thing well, on Instagram. No, yeah, I didn't know. So like you have the pink backlit photo on Instagram and that means someone has a story, right? Mm. Yeah, yeah I know that. You can click on it to watch it. If it's green, that means someone has deemed you a close friend. Oh, so it's and not available to everybody. Correct. You're green for go. Right. And I wonder if I can create one like just for the people that follow me who are Trump supporters so I can start like putting up political messages just for them can you, that can no you, one else needs to worry about or see. Can you create specific lists? Like that's on what Facebook, I'm wondering. You can create like a, a filtered list that's like only my controversial stuff or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Huh. That's what I want to do. It would be good because you've got a lot of haters on uh, on the Instagram who watch your stories. I've only done a story, I guess, one time just recently. Yeah, you just learned how. Yeah. I taught you. <laughs> I, I don't know that I could re- replicate the situation. <laughs> anyway, thank you, Anonymous Caller, for the call. We appreciate it very much. Very Moving much. on, same or similar topic. Hey, guys. Uh, this is Kyle from New York City. I just wanted to call and give you my brief experience with moving. Uh, my wife was in the Navy. We moved from Tennessee to Rhode Island. Uh, she was seven months pregnant, and we didn't have our stuff for a month. So it's between six and a half and seven and a half months that she was pregnant, and we didn't have our, any of our belongings. So we moved to a new place in Newport, Rhode Island, and lived out of the Navy Lodge for a month, and would go visit our dog every day and sit on the stairs while we waited for our belongings. So oh, no. uh, terrible moving experience. I feel your pain. It sucks. You'll get through it. Hope you like DC. Um, I'm not going to pick favorites. You both are great. Thanks so much. I we we feel your pain and you feel our pain. <laughs> yeah, but we are we are in. So yeah, thank you for that, Kyle. Very good. I think we have an email that Brittany wants to read. As I try to stall, I have it up. You don't need to stall. All right. Okay. I'm I'm, I'm getting pa- back in the flow here. I know. I can feel they, they that. They say you would think it'd be like riding a bike since we've done 768 episodes. Yes. And here we are, me fumbling through like a fucking idiot, not knowing what I'm doing. Well, it does feel weird that we haven't recorded an episode in a while because, as the previous caller mentioned before Kyle, that we did an episode, but it wasn't really an episode. So how dare you, sir? Okay, hello, Jesse and Brittany. I keep hearing that I should call my senators and congressional delegate about voting rights. I have been calling and emailing them more lately and my state senator and rep as well. However, in this climate, I am not sure if it is worthwhile. My senators either ignore me or respond with condescending emails that outline their opposition to what I am saying. My congressman is saying the right things and voting generally in a way I agree with already. What is the point of telling my senators to save voting rights when they are opposed and don't care what I think because I'm in the minority in my state, Tennessee? Although my state reps are Democrats and are vocally trying to protect voting rights, Nashville looks like it will be cracked, parenthetically. They are not able to do anything about it since the majority in the legislature is intransigent. It is very frustrating, and I would like to hear someone speak to this issue. I am sorry you had such a difficult experience moving and hope that things are starting to look up for you. I am looking forward to the growth of your work. Kelly. Kelly! Things are looking up. Well, and thanks to Kelly for having me Google intransigent to know how to pronounce it, because I did not know how to pronounce it. It's another Yosemite. (laughs) So, um, 
I, there, I think there's many reasons why you should always continue to call your 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 members of Congress, your representatives, your senators, if you are so inclined. And but one chiefly is that you don't know what your neighbors are doing. Hmm. If if there's a groundswell of support and a lot of people are calling, and I mean like a lot of people are calling, right? A senator who wouldn't otherwise vote a certain way, mm-hmm. you can move the needle. It just it can happen. If they think that their job is at risk, they will do. They will take the right course. We've seen, especially with people who hold poor, shitty opinions about civil rights and voting rights and the filibuster, or whatever, they can be swayed. The reason they hold those positions, Christian Cinema, is because they've been swayed. Mm-hmm. They've been bought. They've been paid for. And if they fear their position more than they fear the other side, the money side, they might very well might do the the right thing. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that would be my initial take is that, that you don't know what your neighbors are doing. And there might be many, many, many people out there who, would, who are calling as well that could impact their viewpoint and their vote. That's a great point. I also think, I mean, you're forcing them to deal with you which is important too. Yeah, that too. And even if you're getting a condescending email that outlines their opposition, you are you know that they're attentive to what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Because they're being forced to deal with you and at least send that opposition. So, you're you're getting your foot in the door, you are in their ear, and even if you feel like it's not making a difference, it is. Yeah, in another maybe it's poly polyania polyanna-ish of me. But it also like it still reminds them who they work for. Yeah. That they're not there on an island. And come primary time, they're going to have to fight for their political life. Mm-hmm. Or their office, at the very least. Right. Thank you for the, uh, for the email, Kelly. We appreciate it very much. Again, if you would like to take part in the conversation, help us move it forward. 657-464-7609. Of course, you can always email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. All right. Moving on. I Doubt It is a listener-supported podcast. Support comes from our most loyal, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners just like you via Patreon. Your support on Patreon for as little as $2 a month would help keep the conversation moving forward one podcast at a time. If you have a few dollars to spare each month, we invite you to help produce the show by joining the Patreon family. Please visit patreon.com slash Podcast. This email inbox really needs to be cleaned up. (laughs) I'm just going to say that right now. Okay. Thank you to our new Patreon supporters, Raymond L. Raymond L. Generous S. Generous S. Ryan W. Ryan W. Christopher G. Christopher G. Tomas V. Tomas V. Umbris. Umbris. Zay Black. Zay Black. Neil H. Neil H. Kelly S. Kelly S. Diana H. Diana H. Just a dude, man. Just a motherfucking dude, man. Edgar O. Edgar O. Icreon DS. Icreon DS. Mark E. Mark E. Lori B. Lori B. Lucia Z. Lucia Z. Teresa H. That also might be Lucia. Lucia. We happen to know a Lucia, so. And I thought her name was Lusa, Lucia when we first met her. Mm-hmm. So we just want to do both. Okay. <laughs> also, if we ever pronounce your name wrong, just 
send in a voicemail and correct us, and yes. we will make sure that we fix that going forward. So, Teresa H., did you... Teresa H. Dub K Dad One. Dub K Dad One. That's Dub familiar. K da- Dub K Dad One is back. All right. Shout out to Dub K Dad One. Jessica G. Jessica G. Pete Y. Pete Y. And T D. T D. Now we want to give a special shout out to our Patreon supporters who have increased the pledge. Marilyn R. Marilyn R. And Robert J. Robert. Jay. Thank you so very much to our new Patreon supporters and our Patreon supporters who have upped the pledge. We are, well, I am going to ensure that the addresses that have been sent in the last three weeks as we have been dealing with this tumultuous move, that you get your magnets. So I will be messaging each of the people who sent in a message with their address in the last three weeks. I will let you know when your magnet is in the mail. It will likely go out tomorrow. So expect to see a message there. If you were supposed to get a magnet and you did not get one, you can still email us. Send us a message on Patreon and say, I never got my magnet. Where is it? And we will figure out what happened and or send you, you a new one. Or you use whatever language you'd like. You could say, listen, bitch, I need my magnet. <laughs> I'm kidding. Don't say that. I will not send you one. Um, but please reach out to us just because it is mid-January at this point doesn't mean that you don't get your magnet. It's for all Patreon supporters. We did get a message like a few weeks ago of someone that was kind of confused and saying that they don't know if they were able to get one or what's going on. Every single Patreon supporter is eligible for a magnet. So if you didn't get it, please let us know. We want you to have it. And if you do say, listen, bitch, you'll likely be sent this in the mail. I hope you're hungry for nothing. (laughs) Oh, I'm so glad that we have that. Yeah. One of my favorites. Yeah, for sure. Anyway, thank you all for all of your support, all of your patience in our transition to California, to Washington, D.C. We love and appreciate every single one of you. Uh, you mean the world to us. We wouldn't be able to do what we do without you. And that is just a fact. Uh, so thank you very much. And uh, again, it's not like riding a bike. I'm kind of lost. Yeah, we're a little rusty right now. So please forgive us. But we're coming back. So we do have an update on Judge Odenay. You remember we were talking about Judge Odenay in Lafayette, Louisiana. The one who used the N-word on the... On the video in her own home and then blamed it on opioids. Oh, I was on painkillers. She was, yes, dated, she claimed. Well, she has now resigned and she actually issued a statement saying that she, quote, takes full responsibility for the hurtful words that she used to describe the individual who burglarized the vehicles at her home. After much reflection and prayer and in order to facilitate healing within the community, I hereby resign as the judge of the Lafayette City Court effective immediately. Well, good. Yes, this is a very positive outcome and an outcome that I do not believe we would have seen without the internet backlash. Public outcry. Yes. Yeah, for sure. And we're in a similar situation with two additional judges Mm. that we're going to talk about I love a good judge story. (laughs) I mean, it's a bummer when we have these stories because judges have a lot of power and as we see with how long they're, they're, it took to get consequences with Judge Odenay, 
it's similar with other judges. No, I mean, I love it because it's more public outcry. It is oh, more right. consequence. It's likely going to change if, but for a little bit, you know, create some movement here um, with correcting bad behavior. Yeah. It's like that terrible judge in season three of Serial. I don't remember his name. Mm, the guy from Cleveland, Ohio. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this first judge we're going to talk about is Judge Robert Adrian. And he took the step of reversing a sexual assault charge against a man. An Adams County judge's decision to reverse his ruling on a sexual assault case has ignited a firestorm of controversy and has victim advocates outraged. During a bench trial in October, Judge Robert Adrian found 18-year-old Drew Clinton guilty of criminal sexual assault after he was accused of assaulting an unconscious teenager at a Memorial Day weekend graduation party. But Adrian reversed his ruling last week, deciding the prosecution had failed to make its case. Among other comments, transcripts say Adrian would not sentence Clinton to prison saying, quote, there is no way for what happened in this case that this teenager should go to the Department of Corrections, unquote. He said the 148 days Clinton spent behind bars in the county jail was, quote, plenty of punishment, unquote. Well, WGEM's Blake Salmon spoke with the teenager who claimed she was attacked and her parents, and he joins us in the studio tonight with more on this. Blake. Mackenzie, good evening. I talked to 16-year-old Cameron Vaughn and her family today. They say they're outraged, not only because of Judge Adrian's ruling, but also above what he said on the bench in that Adams County courtroom. It made me seem like I fought for nothing and that I left, like, put my word out there for no reason. Cameron Vaughn says Judge Adrian's decision to release the man she says attacked her hit her hard. I immediately had to leave the courtroom and go to the bathroom. I was crying. But it was the comments Adrian made that cut even deeper. Court transcripts show he lambasted parents for allowing teens to drink and swim in a pool in their underwear. But Cameron and her family says there's only one person responsible for what happened on the night of May 30th. I woke up at my friend's house with a pillow over my face so I couldn't be heard and Drew Clinton inside of me. She made some very, very bad choices that night. However, she did not make the choice to be violated. Her dad, Scott, says the fallout has been swift. My family is destroyed because of this. He says Cameron used to be an honor roll student at Quincy High School who ran cross country and track and field. Now she's lucky to carry a C average and she's dropped out of all sports. All of her learning is at home now. She's, she can't go to school. But Cameron says what happened to her shouldn't stop other victims from seeking justice. I think every other girl should know that this is a normal thing and they need to come out with what happens to them and not just let the guy get away. Now, Scott Vaughn says his family could file a civil case, but they're not planning on doing so. We left messages for Drew Schnock, the attorney for Drew Clinton, and with the circuit court administrator for Judge Robert Adrian, but we have not heard back from either. So (laughs) the judge was quoted as saying, quote, by law, the court is supposed to sentence this young man to the Department of Corrections. This court will not do that. That is not just. There is no way for what happened in this case that this teenager should go to the Department of Corrections. I will not do that. So let's I don't have that quote in front of me and I hadn't heard it until just now. Mm -hmm. But let's break that down. Mm -hmm. The judge, Mm -hmm. the upholder of the law, says by law, I'm supposed to yada, yada, yada. Right. But fuck you guys. I'm not going to do that. Yes. And he also keeps referring to this man, this Correct. adult man, mm-hmm. as a teenager. Yes. This rapist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What? 
yeah and that and that's part of the that's part of his claim this judge is that the man in this case drew clinton that he didn't have a criminal record before this and so somehow because he didn't have a criminal record before this he sh- this should be like a freebie does it make her less raped that he didn't have a criminal record yeah this should be like Come a on. oh well you you know you get like a mild punishment for your first rape and then if you do this again it's going to be a lot more serious so you better buck up rape once shame on me rape twice oh shame on you and how how strong is Cameron Vaughn to sit there yeah, the and victim. yeah, and come forward and say, listen, even though this is happening to me and this is absurd and horrifying, I do not want this to impact other survivors. And I hope that if anyone is going through this, that they do come forward still and, and tell their story and get help. I mean, for her to stand there and say that after the judge said what he said in the courtroom. Yeah, yeah, yeah is very remarkable. So kudos to her. So is there other news? Is there an Odinay angle to this? There is. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I think yes! I think that it is because of the backlash uh, from the internet. So Judge Frank McCartney, Chief Judge of Illinois' 8th Judicial Circuit, removed Judge Robert Adrian from the criminal court docket last week. He so will, he's still a judge, though. He's still a judge, but he will now preside over small claims, legal matters, and probate dockets, along with other civil cases. So this this judge, this man, who has demonstrated terrible judgment, still sits adjudi- adjudicate, adjudicating cases over that impact people's lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, good that mm-hmm. he's not in the criminal cases, mm-hmm. but not good enough. It's definitely, not far enough. Definitely not good enough. Definitely not far enough. And listen, the other angle that's concerning there is how he was blaming the parents. I, I even didn't like how the the father came on. It yeah. was kind of leading with how she made mistakes that night. Like, we don't really need to get into that. I mean, the whole point is that she was assaulted. Well, there's no bearing on... On, on the crime that was committed against her. Right. And so the judge is all up in arms about the parents, but somehow the actual perpetrator of the crime right. like doesn't deserve to Ugh. have his consequence handed down. Fucking gross. So Judge Robert Adrian, that is a name for you to remember because I'm sure that's not the last that we will be seeing of him on the news. Now, next up, we have Judge Alexis Crott, and she berated a 72-year-old man because of overgrown weeds in his yard. Listen, I've heard this audio. <laughs> Let me tell you, we need to put it in perspective because when, when I first heard it when you were playing it, when you were prepping this episode, I was like, oh, what what terrible thing did this guy do? I oh, was right. just catching it in the middle when she's like, if I could, I would put you in jail for this. Yeah. I was like, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. What kind of crime did this guy commit that is catching the ire of this judge? Brace yourself. Yes, my name is Burhan Uddin Chaudhary. All right. You have a ticket from August 2nd, 2021. Oh. For, for failing to keep the... Fence, walkway, sidewalk, or alley 
tree of weeds, trees, or other nuisance vegetation. The first offense, civil infraction, you can plead responsible, responsible with an explanation, or not responsible. Explain what I am a cancer patient, very old man, and I am a cancer patient. I was then very weak and sick. Very weak, and this time of rainy season, I cannot look look after this thing. Let me explain. Let me just uh, yeah, the audio is not great because it's a Zoom court, right? So, session. what he's saying is, I'm a very old man, mm-hmm. I'm sick with cancer, right? I think he sounds like he's on oxygen, I can't tell from the audio, but he is weak. He is infirmed. He is old. He's he's dying of cancer, and this is her response. Shame of yourself. If I could give you jail time on this, I would. The fine is one hundred dollars. Pay it by February first. You better get that cleaned up. That is totally inappropriate. Oh no, Sorry, ma'am. Didn't understand. Like uh, we have to pay hundred dollar by February. No, ma'am. No, ma'am. I. Oh, okay. Like, uh, is it, ma'am, forgivable because my father is currently sick and we clean that after? You see that photo? Yes. I am very sick, ma'am. That is shameful. Shameful. The neighbor should not have to look at that. You should be ashamed of yourself. Yes, I am. I, I mean, that, God damn. It well, is, one, you should be ashamed of yourself multiple times. Mm-hmm. It is shameful. Mm-hmm. Your neighbor shouldn't have to look at, it's weeds. Fucking judge. It's weeds. Overgrown weeds that you want to throw him in jail for you want to criminalize <laughs> yeah not cutting down weeds well and if his neighbors were so worried about this go cut the fucking weeds yeah i mean i'm looking at the picture and sure it's not great but it's not something that i don't know you want to cause someone trouble about also you know? an old man who's dying of cancer yeah i mean if it's if it's upsetting you maybe knock on the door and say hey can i what take can care I of do this or Ugh. You know, and even his his son who jumped in for him there, who was talking, he had been away from the home and he wasn't able to help. You know, otherwise he said that he would have been helping. But he said that he was just so shocked that this judge was speaking to his father in this way. And I believe that it's it's not even the front yard. It's like an alleyway behind the house. That's what she said. Because the son in, in this quote in this article was talking about not cleaning the alley and so it's even like the garage area behind right. the home it's not like weeds growing in the front yard but even then you wouldn't speak to someone in this way because this zoom court session went viral there are now over 150 signatures on a petition to remove her as it's a just, judge it's bad judgment on her part it's also Because she's working in, like, lawn court or whatever the fucking division of the court she's in. (laughs) She yearns for greater power. If I could throw you in jail for this, I would. Well, and think of how differently she could have approached this. 
right? As he's talking and saying that he's old, he's sick, he has cancer. And if she was like, you know what? That that sucks. That sounds like a really difficult thing to have happen during a pandemic of all things. Right. And you know what? These are some weeds. Like, what what can we do to kind of sort this out? You have your son with you. Is your son able to help remedy this issue? Can he help clear the weeds? Do you have friends that you can talk to? Can we help them? Can we get them involved to clear the weeds? She could have taken a different approach. She has a choice. She's a judge. If she can talk to someone like that, she can talk to them with compassion and Absolutely. utilize problem-solving skills and assist people and help make their lives better rather than more difficult. Well, uh, lucky for us, this same judge was on a reality show one time. Here's a clip of that. She's not a Christian! <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. I was trying to guess which drop it was going to be, and I, I couldn't even imagine. So oh, that was the perfect so, one. That was so the perfect good. one. Yeah. <laughs> we have another judge that we can talk about, but we're going to save that for next time. This oh, is yeah. just going to be like judges behaving badly. This will be a new segment that we have. I, you know, listen. I, In addition to Rat Count 2022. Rat Count 2022. We also need we need to start creating drops. Or, or bumpers for segments. Yes. We're just going to have a segment-rich show. Just <laughs> everything is a segment. Yeah. So anyway, uh, thank you, guys. We want to hear from you. 657-464-7609. Email those voice memos from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. Dollamocracy. Facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. So Joe Rogan is up to his old tricks. His old tricks. He has a folder on his phone full of resources that he has found on the internet. And this is his college degree. I think, I, well, he's like many people we know who watch a YouTube video or or or, 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 or listen to a podcast mm -hmm. and think that they that's a substitute for actual research and education well and that's so i'll back up because i don't want to be accused of being like an elitist i don't think that people need to have a college education to be intelligent but what joe rogan is doing is saying that he has a folder on his phone where he keeps all of the links about myocarditis and uses them as a reference when he's in conversation with people and shows them said links that he has found on the internet that, that happened to back up his particular worldview on this matter. Correct. And <laughs> that is just not a substitute for actually being educated about how to read and assess research and which, whether it is valid. Which we have already indicated, he has indicated that he does not, not he does not know how to do. Yeah, well, he, it's a he, skill that you have to develop. With the virus thing, that if you get vaccinated, it's going to spread the virus more, mm -hmm. but it was in a population of chickens or something and had nothing to do with what he was talking about. Right. It's just, he's a dumb dumb. He is self-admitted a fucking idiot trying to talk about matters that take, that ne you need a PhD to really talk about them authoritatively. And he's uh, there, Spotify, just giving him carte blanche to spread misinformation worldwide. Well, and to have people on who have been removed from YouTube and Twitter because they're spreading misinformation about COVID-19, right. which leads to people dying of COVID-19. Right. Exactly. So Joe Rogan had Josh Zepps on. And in this discussion, it's it's a rare moment on Joe Rogan's podcast where a guest that he has on corrects him in real time 
And you see what happens with Joe Rogan. Does he accept that he's wrong about something and maybe he doesn't completely know what he's talking about? Or does he start searching for anything he can to protect his prior yeah, beliefs? It is it is a remarkable moving of the goalposts in real time that you're getting ready to listen to. For young boys in particular, there's an adverse risk associated with the vaccine. It's like yes. a two to four fold increase in the instances of myocarditis. Yes. But you know what? Hospitalization. The, you know that there's an COVID. increased risk of myocarditis in, among that age cohort from getting COVID as well, which exceeds the risk of myocarditis from the vaccine. I don't think that's true. I don't think it it's is. true. I don't, no, no, no. I don't think it's true that there's an increased risk of myocarditis from people catching COVID that are young versus increased risk of myocarditis from the vaccine. No, there is. There's both. Well, let's look that up because I don't think that's true. <laughs> There's myocarditis more common after COVID nineteen infection than vaccination. But is this with children? Uh, yeah, we're talking about young people, men and boys aged under thirty. After this, is what it says here. With, with children is the issue. Well, no, we were talking about fifteen year olds. Well, we're talking about young children. Male child, yes. twelve to seventeen. Twelve to seventeen, more likely to develop myocarditis within three months of catching COVID at a rate of four fifty cases. Per million infection, this compares to 67 cases of myocarditis per million at the same time following their second dose of Pfizer. Yeah, so you're about eight times likely to get myocarditis from getting COVID than from getting the vaccine. That's interesting. Now, that, that is said, not what I've read before, but also it's like... When, even when we're reading these things, it's like, what are we getting this from? Is this from well, the VAERS report? <laughs> but even from the VAERS reports, when they report this stuff, it's like the amount of people that report, the um, like it's the under-reporting. Mm, yes. yes. Well, let me, oh, yeah, but what, what are we even getting this? Oh, just, let's change the subject. I'm going to start talking about something else. <laughs> And listen, this is a real human impulse, though. I mean, this is not just Joe Rogan. This is what we all tend to do as human beings, because it's very uncomfortable to admit that you're wrong. I mean, some people are able to admit it, and it's no problem. But for most people, it feels very personal when something that you've invested a lot of time in believing and defending, especially doing it publicly, that then you are challenged with new information that may result in you having to admit that you've been wrong for quite some time. But how often does it have to happen to one particular person? Well, I don't think Remember it happens last summer? to very much. Remember last summer? When he said Antifa was starting fires in California or Oregon or whatever? Yeah, well, this is the problem. I don't think it's happening very much for him. Yeah. I think that's why you're seeing him... Well, he books his own guests. ...choose all of these right-wing ideologues that he's having on his show lately that are vaccine skeptics, COVID skeptics. Or MMA fighters. Somehow in the Weinstein <laughs> orbit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's propping these people up because they are validating what he's saying. Now, Joe Rogan is being praised because he tweeted, quote, if anyone was going to make me look dumb on the podcast, I'm glad it was Josh Zepps because I love him and he's awesome. However, this is why I was confused. And then he links to an article that backs up his previous claim. And he then tweets again in a thread and says, the video is cringy, but it's what happens when you stumble in a long form podcast when you didn't know a sub subject was going to come up and you wing it. And then he links to yet another article that backs up his claim. Right. So it's it's not, oh, yeah, I was wrong. Josh was right. Right. It's, yeah, he made me look dumb. I love him. But I actually was right, and here are two articles to prove it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, but you would be surprised how many people, and I don't know what this is well, about. they read that first tweet. They don't read the thread. Well, even the tweet, even the first tweet is like, 
yeah, I look dumb, but here's the article that yeah. I that I wanted. If I could have said this off the top of my head, but I couldn't because it's in my folder on my phone, um, <laughs> then I would have, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I, it's very frustrating. We talk about Joe Rogan quite often lately because this is dangerous as hell. This is so yeah. dangerous. Yeah, people. That- Absolutely, people look up to Joe Rogan as an authority. Don't ask me Absolutely. fucking why. Absolutely, and then people like fucking um, the dumb shit from Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers. Oh yeah, he mm-hmm. also, in his uh, attitude toward Joe Rogan, you know, people I love and respect, like Joe Rogan, I got their advice on the matter. Then it it even more uh, lifts him up as a, as a in a position of authority and someone to be trusted. Right. It's. I mean, really, it's he's 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 uh, Gwyneth Paltrow. He's <laughs> yeah. Gwyneth Paltrow with tattoos. Th- that's what it is. Yeah. Can I say I'm very concerned? I'm going to get accused of being an elitist because of the joke I made earlier. You understand where I'm coming of from? Of course right? I do. Okay. I'm not like prioritizing college degrees or placing no, undue but emphasis. If you on- act, listen, in this particular topic, you do need. Uh, Post secondary education, mm-hmm. <laughs> you need a graduate degree. To be able to navigate these waters. This isn't politics or understanding civics. This is epidemiology. This is virology. This is immunology. This is, I'm way out of my element. And that's why I lean on the expertise of the experts, of of doctors, of people who have studied this for their entire lives. People like Anthony Fauci. Yeah. Well, and you hear a lot of people who achieve post-secondary education talk about how one of the things that they learn is how much they don't know yeah and that's just so true i mean i i (laughs) i was shocked as someone who has like been the annoying kid in who is 13 trying to debate the adults about abortion in the room like (laughs) thinking that i knew everything just always debating and arguing with everybody Maybe it was especially potent for me because I was used to feeling like I had a grasp on everything. But that was the predominant feeling in grad school was, wow, uh, (laughs) there's so much I don't know. There are people who are, I mean, so highly educated in such a special field. They know so much about this one particular area and you just have no idea. And you can't even begin to scratch the surface. That is what I was going to say. That's why there are specialties. Right. Because you have to go so deep on any given topic right that to become an expert it's like a one or two thing uh bucket yeah uh, that you're an expert in yeah that's why that doctor that he had on that's been banned from everything i forgot McCulloch the doctor's or something. name robert malone i think is the doctor's oh, okay. name yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm listening to the guru's pod episode about that and we should have those guys on by the way this guy just claims that he's like the first to discover all of these different things. Well, he's like the Weinsteins. And he's just like them. Exactly. And yes. he's like under-recognized and under-appreciated. And he was the first to do this and the first to do that. And people listen to this guy and they're not like red flag right. alert left and right. Well, it's the death of skepticism. Oh, my God. It, it is a cult following that orbits Joe Rogan. Yeah. And whoever he puts up uh, onto the pedestal, they all collectively worship. It's weird and gross. <laughs> it's like clear charlatans. Getting followings from people when all they're doing is throwing up red flags. I don't get it at all. Wee wee wee. <laughs> so speaking of charlatans and speaking of vaccines, we got a Trump clip here. This happened last week, but we we wanted to talk about it because he's one, back. 
Donald Trump, he's back, everybody. Good times had by all. Traffic and weather <laughs> together on the 8th with Donald Trump interview. Oh, God. Um, He's now changed his tune mm. for this particular 15-minute period about vaccines. <laughs> and we're going to play the clip, but we, we, we collectively, the two of us, we have a, a criticism of the media. Mm-hmm. Because the media is making a giant deal about the fact that, oh, Trump, oh, he's... He's he's pushing for vaccines. He's fight. He's doing it right. He's doing the right thing. And they're giving this asshole credit where no credit is due. Absolutely none. Here, here's the interview. We'll get to in a second. But the other one was the vaccine. Right. You recently stated in an interview with Candace Owens and when you were on the road with Bill O'Reilly doing uh, the book tour and the speaking engagement that you've had the vaccine, two shots, and you've had the booster. Right. Um, and you recommend it for folks. We have seen with the VAERS report, there's tens of thousands of side effects, more side effects in this vaccine than any vaccine history, and more deaths. Dr. Robert Malone, nine patents for the mRNA technology being used in the vaccines. He came on my program a couple weeks ago and said, unless you're over 65 and have a comorbidity, I recommend it. Other than that, I don't recommend taking it. He even is upset he took it himself. He's having heart issues. Looking back, we know that warp speed was great. You did amazing with getting rid of red tape to get something out there. But after now so many months of the vaccine being administered and these side effects and Americans' questions of it, do you reconsider your push for it? Or what's your view now on the vaccine in general? Well, I've taken it. I've had the booster. Many politicians, I watched a couple of politicians be interviewed. And one of the questions was, did you get the booster? Because they had the vaccine. And they, oh, they're answering it like, in other words, the answer is yes, but they don't want to say it. Because they're gutless. You've got to say it. Whether you had it or not, say it. But the fact is that I think the vaccine has saved tens of millions of people throughout the world. Uh, I have had absolutely no side effects. I've had it like other people have had it. Nothing special. I've had it. Do you feel for the millions of Americans that have it, though? There's over 100 million that haven't taken it yet. And they're... They have questions, especially younger people with the myocarditis and things. I don't think young, healthy people should take it. I don't think that uh, certainly these young kids, their immune system is so strong. I look at my, I have a son, Baron, who's 15. He had it. It lasted for about two seconds. Okay. I said, oh, we've got it. Baron, you've got it. And like by the time we called the doctor, it was gone. You know, they they have a very strong immune system. So this is the important part. The last like 25 seconds that you heard there is the important part that I was not seeing the media play, the mainstream media, like CNN. It was pretty difficult for me to find. I had to dig through some Twitter clips because, you know, I find the clips now very exciting. Did that sound normalized? Did that sound compressed to you? Because it was. So... <laughs> I, if any time I can flex on my terms, I'm going to flex on my terms. What episode is this? Um, 769. We don't need to huh. get into. I'm just, I'm just wondering. Were you wondering who did that up until this point? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I could tell by the look on your face who, that you were wanting some. How many times have I done that there? thing right there? Like, oh, I wonder who did that sound good? Did that clip sound good? You know what? It's an exciting time <laughs> for me. I've developed a new skill, and I'm excited about it. Well, you're getting good at it. Not only you're getting good, you're getting quicker at it. Yeah. So it was like fucking molasses is pouring out of a fucking 30 degree jug before well i'm learning new no i'm just saying really really slow Uh, no no you're you're, don't you're hearing me wrong what i'm saying is (laughs) you weren't very good at doing it and 
now how fast am I at getting the clips? Yeah, you're you're getting pretty good. Okay. I'm just getting you shit in. Here. All right, so whatever. The the point of that clip is that he's it's all the fuck we need. He's still he's still casting doubt on vaccinations, right? If right, you're part- if you're young and you if you're healthy, you don't need it. It can be dangerous, right? He's Baron had it for five seconds, right? He's giving that credence. He is essentially talking like a Joe Rogan guest, and yeah. I'm not surprised if he ends up on Joe Rogan show well, in listen, the next few it months. Does- Big time prediction and mm-hmm. not far off the mark. Mm-hmm. But it, what it does for me, it's he's pitting himself against his only contender right now. The only possible uh, primary challenge Ron DeSantis. is Ron DeSantis. Mm-hmm. So he is he is separating himself from Ron DeSantis by saying, if they ask if you got the booster and they won't say they did, they just don't have the guts. It's gutless for them not to say it. It's an attack on Ron DeSantis because Ron DeSantis right now is the only the only player out there who's polling well enough who hasn't said uh, explicitly that he's not going to run for president. Mm-hmm. That's what this is about. Yeah. This isn't for the betterment of the country. This isn't for the good of the American people. This isn't for the health and the ending of the pandemic. This is for Donald Trump and about Donald Trump. Well, and the reason that we say Donald Trump is back is he's doing his rallies again. He recently did an interview with NPR, which he hasn't done in a very long time. I, I, I don't know how long it had oh been. Oh, my God. It's been a long time since he's done anything on NPR. Yeah. And he hung up during that interview. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and I saw CNN was interviewing like a former Trump aide or something. And she was talking about how it would be a mistake on the part of the media for them not to cover Donald Trump's rallies because you need to be covering his election lies. You need to be covering what he's saying. And I was listening to this thinking, what are they doing having this former Trump aide talking about right. how important it is to be covering Donald Trump? I don't know that it's very important. We know what he has to say. When he's asked challenging questions, he just hangs up and leaves the NPR interview. Do we expect anything to go differently here? Well, what do you mean by cover? Like, if if if, if you're talking about going back to 2016, the campaign, where they covered every moment of the rallies, no, we do not need to be doing that. But I think we do need to still be talking about him and the danger that he uh, that he presents and, and represents for the country because he still has tens of millions of people who follow him to, to their they are adherents of Donald Trump to a cultish, dangerous fanatical level sure but that needs to be done critically and this this vaccine clip is an example of how that was not done critically you are 100 percent correct because this 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 additional audio in the last 25 seconds of that clip where he talks about young and healthy people not needing to get it not needing to worry about it how is it how it isn't dangerous that that wasn't on CNN when they were discussing it. They cut it off that he is different from Ron DeSantis. He's talking about how vaccines are good. We know right. why he's saying it. It's because he wants to be different from Ron DeSantis. He wants to shit on Ron DeSantis. He wants to create drama. And also, he still is saying vaccine skeptic things. You wouldn't say that someone who's young or healthy doesn't need to get a vaccine if vaccines are safe and, and beneficial right. and necessary. You say get the vaccine. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, but that's not what he's saying, because he's still who he is. He is absolutely still who he is. So, we'd love to know what you think about these, uh, both the vaccine and the judges' topics. 
657-464-7609. Of course, you can email voice memos from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. So today is Martin Luther King Jr. Day, and naturally we've been seeing a lot of posts from politicians celebrating Martin Luther King Jr.'s legacy, including people like Kristen Cinema. And Kristen Cinema is currently standing in the way of some important voting rights legislation. It's another failure on the part of uh, CNN and uh, other media outlets who are talking about how all the Democrats agree on the Voting Rights Act. They agree on voting rights in the bill. Really? But there's only two Democrats who don't agree on getting rid of the filibuster. Really? So, all day long, that's what they've been saying. Wow. If you truly believe in voting rights, you're not going to stand in the way with an arcane. I mean, at the very least, let's go back to a filibuster where they actually have to get up on national TV and make an asshole of themselves for however many hours that they stand in the way of progress. Mm -hmm. But they're no, it's not even a conversation for Kristen mm -hmm. Cinema and uh, and Joe Manchin. Well, and she gave a speech this week detailing her opposition to abolishing the filibuster. I strongly support those efforts to contest these laws in court and to invest significant resources into these states to better organize and stop efforts to restrict access at the ballot box. And I strongly support and will continue to vote for legislative responses to address these state laws, including the Freedom to Vote Act and the John Lewis Voting Rights Advancement Act that the Senate is currently considering. I support these bills because they strengthen Americans' access to the ballot box, and they better ensure that Americans' votes are counted fairly. It is through elections that Americans make their voices heard, select their representatives, and guide the future of our countries and our community. These bills help treat the symptoms of the disease, but they do not fully address the disease itself. And while I continue to support these bills, I will not support separate actions that worsen the underlying disease of division infecting our country. The debate over the Senate's 60-vote threshold shines a light on our broader challenges. There's no need for me to restate my long-standing support for the 60-vote threshold to pass legislation. And there's no need for me to restate its role protecting our country from wild reversals in federal policy. It is a view I've held during my years serving in both the U.S. House and the Senate, and it is the view I continue to hold. It is the belief that I have shared many times in public settings and in private settings. Senators of both parties have offered ideas, including some that would earn my support, to make this body more productive, more deliberative, more responsive to Americans' needs, and a place of genuine debate about our country's pressing issues. And while this week's harried discussions about Senate rules are but a poor substitute for what I believe could have and should have been a thoughtful public debate at any time over the past year, such a discussion is still a worthy goal. 
So I said opposition to abolishing the filibuster. That goes a little bit far. We know she's not going to be in favor of that. But this is also just bypassing the filibuster, which is what Joe Biden came out and said that he supported when he gave a speech this week with or last week. It's a new week with Kamala Harris in Georgia. And he said that he supported bypassing the filibuster to get voting rights legislation passed. What's interesting about this clip for me is the fact that she's saying, listen, I've always in public in private, I've always supported the filibuster and the 60 vote threshold. That's just, that's where I'm at. She's asserting that any questions about her current position are unwarranted because this is the way she's always felt. And that is not the case. Here she is. In 2010. So what does that mean? Well, in the Senate, we no longer have 60 votes. Some would argue that we never had 60 because one of those was Joseph Lieberman. But that's whatever. Um, yeah, and Nelson, too, but really Lieberman. Um, so, so now there's, um, I think as the president so eloquently said on Wednesday, there's none of this pressure this false pressure to get to 60. So what that means is that um, the Democrats um, can stop um, kowtowing to Joe Lieberman and instead seek other avenues to move forward with health reform. And so it's likely that the Senate will move forward with a process called reconciliation, which takes only 51 votes. And by the way, it's not unusual. You may recall that before the Democrats took the Senate in 2008, that the Republicans controlled the Senate for quite some time. In fact, since around 1994, they never had 60 votes, and they managed to do a lot of really bad things during that time. So the reconciliation process is still quite available, and we will use it for good rather than for evil. Um, so, <laughs> One, she's showing a path forward, a, a, a willingness then that she's not willing to now. Second, it's amazing how she's vilifying Joe Lieberman and to a, to a smaller extent, Senator Nelson from Florida at the time, uh, as being these, these curmudgeon-y, uh, Billy Goat's gruff trolls under the bridge, conservative Democrats. Mm -hmm. And she is now that very thing. She is the impediment to progress, and she's a liar. Mm -hmm. Well, and I would love to have her sit down and, and be shown this clip and then asked what has happened over yeah. the past 11 years, <laughs> what happened to your view on this? What what made you change so radically? Every time I hear her, it it really just speaks to who bought, who bought her. Like, who has her in their pocket? And how much did it cost? Because there's really no going from, like, uh, progressive, deeply liberal individual to what she is now, I don't see the path to that mm -hmm. uh, as an elected official who understands the ins and outs of of the business, especially where it relates to civil rights. Because even when I was a conservative, civil rights was top of the... It's, it's the thing that really led me out of conservatism. Certainly, decades ago, led me out of being a Republican mm -hmm. was uh, marriage equality and, and policing issues... So I don't. I just don't get it, and, and maybe that's my blind spot. Uh, I I don't want to be the guy who just because it's not my path, I don't understand it. But I I just don't. I don't get this. Well, and she even articulates it in a way of using it for good rather than evil. Yeah. Like 
like you have the ability to do something for good. And so she knows that she has that right now with voting rights legislation. Yeah. And again, she's someone who tweeted today about Martin Luther King Jr. Of course she did. And how important it is to remember his legacy. And what is she doing? She's interfering. She's in the way with voting rights legislation. Yeah. But Senate Democrats are moving forward, even though without Kristen Cinema and Joe Manchin, the 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 legislation is likely doomed. De- yeah, yeah. I was gonna say de- dead in the water. Yeah, but they want the Republicans to go on the record, essentially, yeah. with their opposition to the bill and publicly declare it. So that is yeah. the plan. Well, I think uh, that's wise on the part of Schumer. I mean, it, it is just politics, but uh, midterms are coming up and you're going to have to have a record to run on. Mm-hmm. And if you voted no, you're going to have to explain it uh, to the voters yeah. who are going to be asking who you are going to be asking to vote for you. Yeah. Uh, we'd love to know what you think. 657-464-7609. Of course, you can email a voice memo from your smartphone to I doubt it at dollamore.com. Moving on. It's the asshole of today. Dave Ramsey. Dave Ramsey. Dave Ramsey has made an appearance on the show before. I'm not sure if in this specific segment, although probably could have fit whenever he did appear on the show. He is, of course, a radio host and financial guru. Also, loves the Jesus. Yeah. He's a bit, I mean, he, that's his claim to fame is he's a Christian financial expert who gives advice on the radio. Yes. Well, he has some more advice about whether or not landlords are bad Christians if they raise their rent. Okay, I own rental property, single-family homes, uh, among many other properties that we own. And if I raise my rent to be market rate, um, that does not make me a bad Christian. I did not displace the person out of that house if they can no longer afford it. The marketplace did. The economy <laughs> did. Uh, the ratio of the income that they earned to their housing expense displaced them. I didn't cause any of that. And so you are not displacing them. You're taking too much credit for what's going on. Uh, if they need to move to a cheaper house because they can't afford they're going to move to a lesser house. Because if they move, they're going to pay market rent. But why would they be moving? Well, is that uh, because of an action that you took to raise their rent? I was going to say that's actually not uh, Dave Ramsey. That was Jesus Christ uh, resurrected, (laughs) giving financial advice on the radio. Look, (laughs) y'all, this is Jesus. And I bought a bunch of houses and I'm jacking people's rent up, and they're getting kicked out. I'm not kicking them out. I'm Jesus. It's the market that's kicking them out. It is amazing the twitzel, the, the 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 pretzel twisting that gets done from these these phony ass bullshit Christians mm-hmm. to try to justify their terrible, evil behavior. Yeah. fucking gross i mean the bible rails on and on and the bible talks more about one topic than any other and that's money the bible talks more about money than it does about love it rails against charging interest on loans 
but he's okay kicking people out of their houses because, oh, it's the marketplace, y'all. Just gross. Yeah, well, it's also, they can just move and, and live somewhere cheaper and have, like, Lesser. Yeah, have- he called it less house. Have, have less. Have uh, a more poorly funded education system. Have, I mean, everything is tied up into the area in which that you live. Like, life outcomes are dependent upon yeah. how- um, how well funded the zip code is that you come from. So for him to just say, oh yeah, I'll just like let them move to the the SES that's appropriate for them. You didn't do that. The market did that. I mean Hello, pores. Christians always talk about personal responsibility, but here he is saying you're taking too much responsibility for like the action oh, that you're taking. God. The action that you're taking. Exactly what he's doing. Yeah. That is exactly it. So Dave Ramsey, asshole of today. Uh, pro-eviction Dave Ramsey. <laughs> Team eviction Dave Ramsey. We would love to know what you think. 657-464-7609. Email those voice memos to idoubtit at dollamore.com. We love you guys. We will see you next time. Uh, big new things happening here in the nation's capital, Washington, D.C. We'd love to know what you think. Stay in touch. For Brittany Page, I'm Jesse Dollamore. This is has been I doubt it.